So I want you to think for a second about the people in your life that have influenced you. Who has influenced you to become who you are today? Especially when maybe when it comes to your relationship with God. Who, who is someone that spoke into your life, somebody encouraged you, came alongside you, maybe took you under their wing a little bit and helped you get closer to God? When I think about who those people were for me, uh, definitely some family members and some friends, but uh, as I think about sort of being a young little, I guess not a little kid anymore, sort of a kid growing up in about sixth grade, I met somebody named Steve Lee. And Steve Lee was a youth leader at the church that I went to. He helped my dad out. My dad was a youth pastor, and Steve was one of his kind of assistants. And Steve, I just wanted to be around him as much as possible because he was the funniest person I ever met in my life. And we had a blast, and we were constantly laughing. Uh, but he influenced me a lot of ways. Uh, you guys know I talk about 80s metal all the time, and he was the guy who influenced me. You have him to thank for influencing me. Uh, when it comes to my Christian 80s metal obsession. And uh, you have to love some of the 80s metal, some of the band names that they had back in the day. Uh, you had sort of the, the um, military names. You had a band like this. This is Sacred Warrior. So there you go. So you had Sacred Warrior. Then you also had Holy Soldier. So this was a, another band back in the day. Um, then you had the, the, the bands that had to have the word cross in it. So you had White Cross. Here's White Cross. Then you had Barren Cross, which those names kind of make sense. You know, Jesus died on the cross, made us white, pure, and barren. The, the cross is empty. But then they came up with Neon Cross. Here's Neon Cross. I don't know what that means. Uh, but there's apparently a Neon Cross somewhere. And then you had your angry Christian band names. You had, here's Mad at the World. Mad at the World. Yes, Jesus loves you, but we don't, apparently. I don't know really what the uh, approach was there. Then you had Rage of Angels. Yes, so loving and Christ-like. Yeah, um, but Steve not only influenced my love for 80s metal, but he also influenced uh, my love of just music in general. And Steve was a drummer. He had like a 50-set uh, drum. I mean, it was ridiculous. He had all these drums and extra toms, these little toms this big. He'd start out hitting. He had all these cymbals everywhere and double basses. And uh, so I became a drummer largely because of Steve. And um, Steve was just an influencer. And I was actually at Steve's 50th uh, birthday party a couple weeks ago. And person after person got up. And just talked about how Steve had influenced them and had not only influenced maybe their, their love of laughter and fun and music, but, but really of God ultimately as well. And so today I want to challenge you to be an influencer. Let's look at a couple definitions here. The noun word here, influencer, is uh, power of persons or things to be a compelling force. I really like those two words. To be a compelling force on or produce effects on the actions, behaviors, opinions, of others. Think about that. Being a compelling force for somebody else. The verb is to move a person to action. So just think about that. Who influenced you? Who was the influencer in your life that maybe helped you get further down the road? Because that's what I want to talk with you about today. I want to talk with you about the fact that every one of us here today has the potential to influence somebody else in a great and a powerful way. Now, some problems arise as we start to talk about influencing people. There's some, of, some reasons why you're thinking right now, as I'm saying these words, why you shouldn't be an influencer. Some thoughts are hitting you. You're going, all right, here's why I shouldn't be. I'll give you a couple. Some of you are thinking, I'm too old. I'm too old to influence anybody, right? I mean, some of you guys are like, I'm so old. When God said, let there be light, I was there to flick the switch. I mean, I'm just old, right? I just feel old. And I think when we become older, we start to think, you know, I, I, I'm kind of tired. I think sometimes it's easier to become a little bit more inward focused. I think sometimes it's because we want to be safe. We almost want to protect ourselves. It's like I've lived enough life to know that when you invest in people, sometimes you get hurt. So I'm just going to kind of protect myself, guard myself a little bit. I think some of us maybe who are older in the room might think, you know, I don't really know that anyone's interested 
in being influenced by me. I don't know that I have anything to offer, or I don't really know if anybody would listen to what I have to say. But here, I just want to tell you today, if you're in our older crew today, we love you. We're so glad you're here, and we want you to be an influencer. I think another problem, some of us think we're too young. Got some young people in the room here this morning. We love young people here at this church. And some of you just think, I'm too young. I don't know that anybody would listen. I don't know that anybody would take me seriously. Or maybe some of you wouldn't say you're too young in your age, but maybe some of you would say, I'm just too young in my faith. How can I impact anybody? I I just am trying to figure this out for myself right now. But I want to encourage you that you can be and should be an influencer. Some of you are thinking, I am too imperfect, right? I'm too imperfect. So when I, you know, am all like 100% pure and holy and patient and kind and loving and all those things, then I'll influence somebody. And I just want to tell you, while you and I, we should be changing and growing and becoming more like Jesus in our lifetime, we're going to be struggling with imperfection until the day we die, right? Until we stand before Jesus. And I'm thinking if we wait that long, we've missed our window of opportunity to influence some people. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about this today, but it's not about being perfect. You see, God's amazing plan is that broken people reach broken people. That's a part of all this, okay? Uh, Another thing I think some of you are are thinking, and I get this, this is Long Island. I feel like it's the busiest place on planet earth, but we're too busy. We're too busy. How am I going to influence anybody? I'm just too busy. Some of you guys are like, I need someone to influence me with a plane ticket to Hawaii because I'm too busy. Can someone do that for me, right? It's just so busy, but I'm telling you here today that God wants to use you in your busyness. And maybe, and I'm going to hit this a little bit later, maybe one of the ways that can work is that the person God wants you to influence is already right in front of you. Maybe it wouldn't really take much out of your schedule to influence somebody who's already sitting next to you in the cubicle at your office. And so just let's think about that a little bit here this morning as well. Now, this is so important because other people's potential is at stake, right? That's why we have to talk about this, because God designed us to not be islands, to not be people who do life by ourselves, but to do it in community and to influence other people. And somebody influenced you. Somebody helped you get where you are. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, we want to encourage you in your quest of God. We want to come alongside you and help you ask maybe some tough questions and, and help you find some answers to those tough questions. And, and maybe one of the reasons just, you know, we're talking about this today is because we think this is the greatest news ever that Jesus died for us, that he rose back from the dead, that he wants to not just help us manage life, but literally remove the guilt in our life and remove the sin in our life and help us to live a new way. And so we think it's the best news in the whole world. And so we want to influence other people to find the same freedom we found and the same love of Christ that we have found. And we think this is so, so important. And so we're going to look today at really a guy named Timothy. And his story of people influencing him and then him becoming an influencer over others. And really, it's so cool because in what we know about Timothy in the Bible, we're going to find imperfect people influencing him, young people encouraged to influence, older people influencing him, busy people influencing him. And so today, whether you find yourself in one of those four categories or you have a whole category that I didn't even bring up today, I just want you to know that God wants to use you to be an influencer. And so first, we're going to look at Acts 16. You you know my style. Normally, we're in one passage of Scripture, and we kind of really kind of take it apart and look at deep and try to find different angles and things maybe we don't know about it. But today, to get the clear picture of Timothy, we're going to have to bounce around a little bit. But we're going to start out in Acts chapter 16, and we're going to see what's going on with Timothy. And here's what it says in Acts 16. Paul, let me tell you who Paul is. Paul's a guy 
who had his life radically changed by Jesus, and he became kind of this guy who went out and was this amazing missionary, told everybody he could find about Jesus. And when they became Christians, he would like, like let's say he found these five, six people and helped them come to Christ. Then he was like, all right, cool. It's your time to start a church now. Let's get a church going. And he'd help these people. And then he'd go over here and do the same over here. So he would travel the world and build churches and, and help people find the love of Jesus. And so Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived. So this guy Timothy lives in this place called Lystra. And listen to this, it says, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. Okay, so right here, we're gonna see influencer number one. Influencer number one that we wanna celebrate here this morning is Timothy's mom, and we find out later in scripture, you'll see this a little bit later, her name was Eunice. And so let's start out by celebrating the fact that if you are a parent here in this room, God wants to use you to be an influencer. Timothy's mom influenced his relationship with Jesus. Some of you guys who aren't parents yet, God one day, I pray for everyone in the room, will give you some kids that you can influence. God wants to use you in that incredible and important way. I love the fact, guys, that Scripture tells us that Timothy's mom was a follower of Jesus, but her, his dad wasn't. I love that we know that. You know why I love that? Because some of you here in the room, you're a follower of Jesus, but your spouse isn't. And it's been really difficult because maybe you're trying to influence them toward Jesus and maybe your spouse is not only not following themselves, but is maybe pushing your kids away from Jesus. Can I just encourage you? If you're a single parent or if you're a parent in a relationship where you're the one following Christ and the other isn't, influence your kids. Model for them what it looks like to love Jesus well. Some of you guys in the room, you're blessed. You and your spouse, spouse I'll get that word out right, your spouse, both love Jesus and you're following Jesus. Influence your kids. Kelly and I have been convicted, honestly, for a long time. Even before we had kids, we knew that the most important disciples we could ever make in our life are our own children, our own kids, that we would influence them well toward Jesus. Again, if you're not a parent yet, that you would begin to pray. Kelly and I were praying for our kids before we ever had them. We're praying, God, let them follow you. God, let them be close to you. God, let them be near you. Let them love you. And so we've known that this is the most important thing. This is the most important way. We, can, we need to model this. We need to let our kids catch us praying sometimes. You know, We need to let them walk in while we're, while we're walking around our living room or den, and we're just we're praying. Hey, Dad, you want to play baseball? I'd love to. But right now, I'm praying. Just give me a few minutes. So we need to let them catch us reading Scripture. We need to let them catch us talking about God, because God put you as a parent in their life to be an influencer. Um, Kelly and I have found that one of the best ways to influence our kids in their relationship with Jesus is just in the natural flow of life. So we don't do like a Bible study every day of the week, and that's okay. You may and your family, that's great. For us, we found that just the natural flow of life is the best way to reach them. So we're on our way to Landon's hockey game, and somebody asks a question about God or Jesus. Cool, we're talking about Jesus on the way to hockey. You know, and I get into it, man, I'm not going for it, and Jesus this, and the Holy Spirit that, and I'm getting all excited, and I'm thinking we're getting, you know, we're going deep, and this is amazing, and then one of the kids, Dad, yeah, I'm thinking we're going for it, man, I'm ready for, like, the next theological question, like, how come the glue doesn't stick to the inside of the bottle? All right, cool, didn't see that one coming, good, all right. Kelly's like, I think you lost him when you brought up the Greek and the Hebrew. I think that's where maybe you went. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry about that. But you know what's so cool is we find out over time that it's getting in. 
and that, that maybe they, that I had them for 30 seconds and then they're thinking about glue, but it got in there and eventually it comes back and they're like coming home from school going, hey dad, such, such and such happened today and I was able to tell them what we talked about. Or so-and-so was, was off by themselves and I, I went over and I talked with them and I, I just asked them if they wanted to play. Like that's, that's what Jesus would do and so it's, it's getting through. And just in the ebb and flow of life, just saying, okay, I'm gonna influence my kids. Now, some of you parents in the room, you're saying, but I'm too imperfect. Some of you who will be parents one day, you're going, I'm not going to be a perfect parent, though, right? This isn't like Full House where the music starts playing at the end of this episode, and, you know, and Danny and Joey and, and Jesse all come in, and it's like this wonderful, everyone's smiling and happy, right? I mean, it's just real life, and it's difficult, and it's hard, and I'm imperfect. And here's what I got to say to you. We're all imperfect. We're all imperfect, right? Jesus was the one perfect one. And so we're all imperfect. And so we have to, in those moments of imperfection as parents, model what a Christian does when they're imperfect. And that is they own it. And they ask forgiveness. And so there are times when I'm imperfect toward my children. I have to go back to them and say, I'm so sorry that I treated you like that. There are times where I haven't treated Kelly the right way and my kids see it and I have to go to them and say, Bud, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't... I didn't speak kindly to, to your mom, and I'm sorry for that. And, and I'm, I'm trying to change, and I'm bringing that to God, and I'm asking him to change my heart. Would you forgive me? That's what a Christian does when we, when we mess it up, right? And so you are influencing your kids, even in your imperfection, when you can come back and later say, hey, I didn't get this right. Please forgive me. I'm trying to change. I'm trying to grow. And so parents, be influencers. Be the, the Eunice in Timothy's life. God's put you there for a reason. Then we're going to transition to the next influencer here in Timothy's life. Verse 2 says, The believers at Lystra and Iconia spoke well of him. And so Timothy is somebody whose his mom influenced them, and the believers in, in his area spoke well of Timothy. And look what it says in verse 3. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. And so influencer number two in Timothy's life was Paul. Again, this man whose life was transformed by God and, and who went around all these places and and taught, and, and helped build churches, and so here's Paul in the equation. He has this opportunity to be an influencer, and I just love that Paul takes this opportunity to bring Timothy along with him, right? Paul's going on the trip one way or the other, but he says, I see something in this guy. He's not as far down the road as I am, and I think I could influence him. I think God could use me in his life. Let me ask you a question. Who's not as far down the road as you, so to speak, in their relationship with God? You don't have to be a theologian to influence somebody. You just have to find somebody who's a little further behind you, right? My mom was a great musician, and I took different musical lessons throughout my life. And I, you start to realize something about some of these musical teachers. They're not all Beethoven, right? They're not all Neil Peart on a drum set. Some of them are just a little further down the road from you. And as long as they stay a little further down the road from you, they can keep on helping you grow. And so who's just a little bit further back down the road from you that you can kind of put your arm around and say, hey, come with me on this journey. Paul goes, hey, Timothy, you're not quite where I am in my relationship with God. It's not like this like ego thing. It's just, hey, God wants to use me to influence you just like others influenced me in my life. And so who can you take under your wing? Now let's talk about the objections. I'm too busy, all right? I'm too busy. Let me just tell you something. Uh, you could have kids in seven different sports, work three different jobs, be working on your doctorate and not be as busy as Paul was right? Paul's traveling constantly. I mean, sleepless nights, getting in prison, going through all kinds of stuff. He's still bringing people along and influencing. 
others. Uh, too imperfect. Some of you guys are going, I'm Doug, I'm just not perfect. I'm not the Apostle Paul. Can I encourage you for a second? The Apostle Paul wasn't always the Apostle Paul. Let me ask you a question, personal question. Can we be honest in church? Okay. I'm not asking if you ever murdered anybody. I'm asking if you ever murdered anybody because of what they believed religiously. Anybody in the room? Okay. Paul did. So anything shy of that, I think we're okay. Paul killed people because they believed differently than he did. And then God transformed his life. And Paul called himself the chiefest of sinners. He knew himself. He knew his imperfection. If anybody could have decided, uh, God's not going to use me to influence anybody, it could have been Paul. But Paul's life had been changed, and so he said, okay, even though I'm still imperfect, and he continued to call himself the chiefest of sinners, I'm going to continue to influence others. And so he brings Timothy along on this journey. Now, this next part of the verse takes a a strange turn, and, and I'll explain it. He says, so he circumcised him, Timothy, because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So what does this mean? Well, in, the, in, the, in this world that they were living in, nobody would have taken Timothy seriously because he was known as an uncircumcised Greek. And so in that specific situation, Paul says, this is what we need to do to reach the Jewish people we're trying to reach. Then verse four, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. And so here's what's going on. The apostles had reached this agreement. Remember I said before Paul was kind of like birthing these churches. He's putting like these five and six people together and they're starting a church. Well, the apostles are trying to figure out how do we help these churches grow? How do we help these new Christians in their faith? And so what they did was they decided, okay, here are some things that are important. Here are some things we're really not gonna worry about right now. And so they tried to help the churches know, all right, let's be like kind of lenient in this area, but let's not be too harsh in that area, but let's not be, you know, just letting everybody do whatever they want. So Paul's traveling and he's teaching these people how to grow up as Christians. And listen, here's the point of me bringing all this up. Timothy is right there by Paul's side learning as Paul's teaching everybody. Timothy's there watching Paul interact with all these baby Christians. And he, he, let me ask you a question. You think Timothy is, is staying stagnant or you think he's growing incredibly as a follower of Jesus as he's going along with Paul on this journey? And so Paul has decided to pour into Timothy. But, hey, we're busy, right? We're busy. How do we do this? Well, I want to just repeat what I said a little bit earlier. Maybe the person God wants you to influence is already spending 40 hours a week with you, right? What if it doesn't really take any extra time? Maybe they're working for you. Maybe they're working alongside you. Maybe there's someone in your school. School, I'm trying to get this word out, school. Sorry, I know it's like off limits for a couple more days, right? Somebody in your school that God wants to use you to influence. You're already there. I'm not saying you gotta pour 10 extra hours of your week that you don't have into them. You're already there. Maybe just being intentional about, you know what? I work by this guy every single day. How can I just influence him a little bit in his relationship with Jesus? We're gonna talk about what that looks like practically toward the end. But I'm saying there, there are people in our lives already almost on our journey that we can influence. Or what if there are things that we do in our week that, that just bringing somebody along to do with us would make an impact? One of the youth pastors on Long Island when I was a kid was Ron Brayton over at Smithtown Gospel. And I remember one of my friends, Dan, went to his youth group. And I remember Dan saying, you know, the thing that blew me away about Ron is 
he would like have to go shopping for like a bunch of stuff for the youth group. And he would just call me. He would just say, hey, Dan, can you come shopping with me? And it wasn't like they were doing like, you know, online or Bible studies as they went. They were just doing life together. Ron had to go shopping one way or the other. And he invited Dan to come just to hang out with him. And that relationship, while they're walking down grocery, grocery aisles, made a profound difference in Dan's life. And so who do you know that you could just say, hey, come shopping with me? Hey, I got to go do this. Hey, man, I got to do that. Just come with me. Take a ride with me. And in that time, you never know what God might do and how he might use that relationship. And so Paul is influencing Timothy in these awesome ways. And Paul would eventually travel uh, all over the place. They, they would go to places like Macedonia, and, and um, eventually Paul sent Timothy and this other guy Erastus to Macedonia, and Paul joined them. And look what it says in 2 Corinthians 1. And again, I bring this up to show you the things Timothy is learning because Paul brought him along, okay? Look what it says in uh, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. So Paul and Timothy are together addressing this church in Corinth. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Why do I bring this up? Timothy learned, because Paul brought him along, that sometimes you go through some really difficult things and God comforts you so that then you can comfort others. The only reason Timothy learned that was because Paul brought him along. What if there are people, guys, in our lives that will learn some things just by simply walking through life with us? Maybe they'll learn to forgive because they see you do it. And maybe it's just walking through a grocery store. They're seeing, man, hey, what's going on in your life? And you're just talking about what's going on in life. And yeah, man, I had this really difficult relationship. And but you know what? God helped me forgive him. And suddenly they're like, whoa. And now they can find forgiveness. Maybe they're walking through life with you and they watch you overcome a struggle, an addiction, a battle with gossip, a battle with uh, an alcohol addiction, uh, the way that maybe the way you treat your spouse or your kids, they need to learn how to treat their spouse and their kids. And by just doing life with you a little bit, that rubs off on them. We find another incredible thing here in the next several verses It says this in in, in the same verses. We're just going to follow them up here. Verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we'd received the sentence of death, but this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we've set our hope that we will continue to deliver Why do I bring this up? Because Timothy learned by hanging out with Paul that even when you want to die, life is so hard. When life is so hard, you want to give up, God still comes through. What if there's somebody who needs to walk through life with you so they can learn that even when life is devastating, God still gives hope. God wants you to be an influencer. Yeah, you're busy, and yeah, you're imperfect, just like I am but God desires for you and I to influence the people in our lives. Jesus was perfect. Paul wasn't. Pastor Ravone's not. I'm not. Joey's not. Andrew's not. Kelly's not. Billy Graham's not. Tim Tebow's not. He's even playing baseball now. Don't worry, he's not that good, okay? He's not perfect, all right? And so you can be an influencer. Let's look at the next influencer here, 2 Timothy 1. This is the last letter Paul wrote before he was executed by Nero. He says to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, 
which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. You know why that verse is awesome? Because it shows us it wasn't just Timothy's mom that was influencing him. It started with his grandma. And so older crew here in the room, can I encourage you guys that God wants to use you? I had several grandparents that really influenced me. I have one living grandparent still. She's 88. She's like unbelievable. She's in better shape than me. She walks like three miles a day. She's like incredible. And she's just always my whole life pointing me toward God. I remember one time in my life in college, I wasn't really close to God. I was making some really poor choices. And I remember her telling me after the fact, kind of when I was on the other side of that, she pulled me aside. She said, Doug, I just want you to know that when you were going through that, I was really tempted to kind of pull you aside and just kind of preach at you. But I, I knew that God just wanted me to pray for you consistently and pray that God would get you out of that space you were in and following what God had for you. That's the kind of grandma that I have. Uh, another grandma that I had that passed away several years ago, just so full of the love of Jesus and the, and the laughter and the joy of God. Uh, someone who just, she'd be quoting scripture one minute, laughing the next, singing a hymn the next. She just loved God so much. And, and that encouraged me. Even we had our differences. She didn't get Holy Soldier and Sacred Warrior. She was like, this is not of God. You know, I mean, the whole thing, you know. She did not understand that. But she loved me and prayed for me through that anyway. And so just the power of those relationships. And so if you're an older person in the room, God wants to use you. There are people that need to hear what you want to say. They may roll their eyes at you a little bit, but it gets through. They may sometimes not, maybe sometimes you feel like you don't have all that much to offer, but you do. You have wisdom and you have such experience. And, and your testimony of God, <clears throat> excuse me, God being faithful in your life will make an impact on those next generations. And so older crew, I want to encourage you to be that. I mean, I had, I had two Loises in my life, so to speak. Timothy's got his grandma, Lois. And so who, who can you be a Lois for? Guys, be a Larry for somebody, okay? Who, who can you be a Larry for, right? But who, who does God want to use you to influence? And now we're going to look at our last category here of influencers. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul writes this to Timothy. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. What's Paul telling Timothy, who's much younger than him? Be an influencer. And so influencer number four here is Timothy himself. He's been influenced by his mom, his grandma, and Paul. And now he's the influencer. And we don't really know how old Timothy was at this point. He probably wasn't incredibly young because he had met Paul so much earlier. But Timothy obviously was young enough to either feel like the people around him wouldn't take him seriously or there were some people around him that weren't taking him seriously. And so I just want to tell you, middle schoolers in the room, high schoolers, college students, young adults, be an influencer. Don't feel ruled out because you're young. Uh, If you're young in your faith, don't feel ruled out by that. Like I said earlier, Paul would go around and, hey, you five just accepted Jesus? Cool. You're the pastor. You're the elder. You're the trustee. Go start a church. God wants to use you to be an influencer. God wants you to make a difference. And I love that it talks about just setting the example here, right? Set the example by the way you talk, the way you conduct yourself, the love you have, the faith you have. And listen, this last one's huge, especially in our culture. Impurity. Set an example in purity. And so, Young ones, Caden, my, my seventh grader back there in the booth, God wants to use you guys to make a difference. And you know what? 
Can I just talk to some middle school, high schoolers for a second? God wants to use you to make a difference in a way that I can't make a difference. Like, oh, yeah, you're the preacher guy, and you went to Bible school and all this. None of your friends in your school care if I went to Bible school or not. God wants to use you guys to make a great impact in your schools. I'm not even allowed in most of your schools. God wants to use you. And you know what? No one's going to care what any guy like me on a stage has to say until maybe they begin to hear the difference God's made in your life. They begin to see the difference God's made in you. And so I want to encourage you guys as we start a new school year to influence, to, to love well, to, to look out for the kids that are bullied, to, to invite kids to come to the green room on Friday night and to be a part of what's going on, to, to stand up for those that maybe can't stand up for themselves or aren't considered popular. Make a difference in your school this year. Love well. Ask God for strength to live a pure life and, and to let him guide your relationships. Make, make really great choices with the kids that you hang out with because you're not too young to influence. You're not too young in your faith and you're not too young in your age. Be an influencer. And so that's my challenge for you today. Be an influencer. That's my bottom line for you today. Be an influencer. Young, old, parent, imperfect, busy. We've seen them all here in these scriptures today. Influence well. What does this look like? How do we do this practically? Well, here's what I want you to do, okay? I want to challenge you to choose two people. Choose two people before you leave the building here today that you are going to influence. And I want to encourage you, excuse me, maybe one of them is not a follower of Jesus, and maybe one of them is. Think about it. Who are those people in your life that you want to influence. Now, why am I not asking you to just generally influence the whole world? Because I know it's like, hey, I want to go influence the whole world. Great, that's awesome. But let's start with two, because I think that kind of narrows the focus and helps us get very specific. I know this helped me when I was dieting. Uh, after we had our three kids, I was about 35 pounds heavier, and I gained weight with every pregnancy. That's all I can say, okay? Um, I, was, I was eating for two, all right? Kelly was so nauseous, I had to eat for the both of us, all right? And so actually, I was eating for three, really, so... Um, and so I just want to challenge you guys because um, I was sort of like, oh, man, I got to lose weight. And that was like just big. I was big and it was big. And I just felt like I didn't quite know how to do that. But Weight Watchers helped me narrow the focus. Okay, here's, what, here's how you do this. Here's what, okay. And I think sometimes it's like, go change the world. Like, yeah. And then by lunchtime tomorrow, it's like, this is really hard. I can't change the whole world. So let's narrow the focus. Let's choose two people. And let's, let's think about this long term. Imagine two people over the next five years influencing, helping them down the road a little bit. Maybe some followers of Jesus, maybe some not. And what does this look like? How, how do we practically do this? Well, it's really simple, right? Maybe pray for them every day. Again, like I said, some of us work alongside people. We go to school alongside people that, that we don't pray for. It's just as simple as that. We're just there. Maybe we're miserable at our job, or maybe we're even happy at our job, but we're just not praying for anybody. But what would happen if you went to work tomorrow in school later this week and, and you were just mindful about, okay, that's my guy right there. And so look to somebody. Look to, guys, look to the guys in your office. Okay, he, next five years, every day, I'm praying for him. Women, next, next five years, I'm going to be praying for her every day. Just influence through prayer. Maybe go out of your way, spend time with them. Again, some of us are like, I don't have a lot of time. That's okay. It's there in the cubicle. You eat lunch probably, right? At least once a week, you're, you're eating lunch with somebody. Maybe eat lunch with them once in a while. Maybe encourage them 
once in a while. Maybe spend a little extra time. Maybe it is like a kind of thing where you have a great relationship with them and you're watching ball games and you're, you're hanging out outside of work. That's awesome. But just spending that time. And maybe, again, it's just bringing them along while you're doing things you got to do anyway. Maybe you're the boss. Maybe you're the, the overseer or the manager. And you're like, hey, I got to go make this run. Why don't you come with me? And again, this is not like having an agenda. This is, these, listen, these people are not a project, right? They're people that God loves, that Jesus died for, and that you and I should love as well. And this is about the best news we've ever heard in the whole world, that Jesus has removed our sins. So no, this isn't a project. This isn't like, oh yeah, fool them by being their friend. No, be their friend in the best way possible by pointing them to the hope that you and I have in Jesus. Every opportunity we get, just pointing them a little bit. They start to open up about maybe some things they're going through. You know what helped me? When I started to ask God for strength. When I started to ask God to help me. You know what helped me in my marriage? It's when he began to do this. You know what helped me as a parent? You know what helped me, guys, here in middle school? Man, I was going through that too. I felt the same way you did, but I started to bring my struggles to God. I started to bring my hurts to God, and he began to heal my heart. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but I know that through the course of this day, we're going to have over 300 people sitting here in this room, and what if every one of us influenced two people over the next five years in a deep and powerful way? That's pretty powerful. And so can we be influencers? Can we be a compelling force in a couple people's lives? Can we pray for them? And can we spend some time with them? And when we get opportunities, can we point them to Jesus? So parents, be great influencers. You're imperfect, so am I. We're going to fall. Let's own it, and let's influence our kids. Older people, we need you. Younger people, we need you. Busy people. Imperfect people, we need you to influence those around you. If you're not a follower of Jesus, Jesus was the master influencer. He's the one who came, and not only did he influence people's lives temporarily, he he influenced our lives eternally. When he gave his life on the cross, when he died in our place, and he rose back from the dead to remove our guilt and our sin. We would love for you today to put your trust in Jesus and begin a relationship with him. And then watch how, as he changes your life, he'll use you to be an influencer in others' lives. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful to you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to join you in helping other people, in helping them grow, in helping them become who you want them to be, God, just like people are helping us become who you want us to be. And so, God, we're so grateful and we're so thankful and we just ask you for help, God. We, we know that sometimes our age, sometimes our busyness, sometimes our, our imperfections rule us out, or, or at least we think they do. And I just pray today, Lord, that we would be convinced otherwise. And so, Lord, use us. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you pray about those two people? Who are they? Who's a follower of Jesus that God wants to use you to encourage? And who's not a follower of Jesus that God wants to use you to to be intentional about, to pray for every day, spend some time with when you can, and appoint them to Jesus. If you're a Christian, just spend some time thinking and praying about that. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him today, I would encourage you to pray something just like this, just silently between you and God. Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting to change my life and then help me to change others' lives.
So God, would you just show me your love? Would you show me how real your grace is? Would you do incredible things in me and through me? In your name I pray.